From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Daniel Sellerson. D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra. Yeah. And the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Daniel Salerson. Hello, my friends, and welcome into the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Salerson. We are getting closer and closer to the weekend, which is very exciting, which also means we're getting closer to finding out who will represent the East and the West in the NBA Finals. Indiana is trying to prevent Miami from representing the East for the fourth straight year, and they kept their playoff hopes alive last night by beating the Heat 93-90. to Paul George was lights out last night, scoring 37 points, and 21 of those came in the fourth quarter. Four of the five Indiana starters had double-digit points as well. I don't want to hear any more about the refs and how they are always giving the Heat calls because last night the Pacers went to the line 22 times, only making 13 of those, though. And the Heat went to the line only eight times all game and made seven of them. LeBron James had his worst playoff showing, scoring only seven points, had two rebounds and four assists on two of ten shooting. He was in foul trouble early and played only 24 minutes in the game. Imagine, though, if he wasn't in foul trouble. The Heat only lost by three on the road when LeBron was not himself. So uh, game six goes back to Miami where the Heat look to close out the series on Friday night. Game five in the Western Conference happens tonight between the Spurs and the Thunder. After two games, it looked like the Spurs were going to run away with this series, but the Thunder had other plans, winning their last two at home to even up the series at two games apiece. To preview tonight's game and to recap last night's game between the Heat and the Pacers, Mark Spears, NBA writer of Yahoo Sports, will join us. He is also a Louisiana native and a friend of the program. Also, OTAs will continue today for the Saints, and the media will have a chance to speak with head coach Sean Payton and others. We'll have those interviews for you on tomorrow's show. But today, Izzy Gold, senior NFL editor for USA Today, will talk national storylines around the league, one of them being the death of Tampa Bay owner Malcolm Glazer. From the Saints family and myself, our thoughts and prayers go out to the Glazer family and the Bucks organization. Okay, let's talk some hoops. Coming up next, Mark Spears from Yahoo Sports joins me on the Black and Blue Report. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue. Congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center as the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results and they look great. No problems. Leading Edge Care. Just one more reason to choose an auctioner affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1 866 auctioner. That's O C H S N E R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? 
Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Our next guest is a friend of the program. He is a New Orleans native and covers the NBA for Yahoo Sports. Mark Spears joins us now. And, uh, Mark, thanks for joining me this morning. What's going on, man? I know you're busy traveling. I think you're on your way to San Antonio. But I want to talk to you first about last night's game between the Pacers and the Heat. And I want to start with the Heat's final possession. A lot of people talking about LeBron giving him some heat about giving up that ball to Chris Bosh instead of finishing at the hoop. In your opinion, did LeBron make the right call, or should he have just taken it himself? Well, it's funny. You know, LeBron can never, uh, you know, he, he gets too, too beat up anytime he makes the right play. And if uh, Bosch was open, and, and maybe the mentality and sometimes the mentality on the road with teams is, look, let's go for the three and get out of here. Go for the win and get out of there. And I think that might have been what they're trying to do is try to hit a home run and get out of there. So I, I, I don't have a problem with it. It was a frustrating night for him, probably the most frustrating night of his entire career in the playoffs. Um, he's never gotten that many fouls uh, that quick and, had to sit that much, and um, they still could have beat them. So even though Miami lost the way they lost, uh, I think the one thing to gain is, you know, LeBron was in foul trouble, and they still almost won. <laughs> yeah, I was about to so, say, that was uh, piggybacking on that. Is that a good sign for the Heat thinking, I mean, they only lost by three. LeBron scores seven points in only 24 minutes. Is that a good sign yeah. for the Heat that on a bad night, this team could still overcome and are still in the game at most points? Yeah, yeah, no, because even if you look at it before LeBron got in foul trouble, uh, it seemed like the Heat were well on their way to end the series. Um, so I'm just, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's pretty. It, it, it probably is ending next game. I, I expected to end yesterday, but um, there's no way the way the Pacers are playing. Even though I thought yesterday was better that. The, the way their lack of focus has been for the most part, the way their shenanigans has been, all the weird stuff that Stevenson's been doing, that um, I, I think they'll survive in this series. It's, I'd be stunned if Miami's not in the finals next week. Let's switch over to the Western Conference Finals Game 5 tonight. San Antonio looked like they were sitting pretty up 2-0, heading into Game 3. Thunder come rolling back, have won the last two. Would you credit those two Thunder wins more towards Serge Ibaka's presence or the play of Westbrook and Durant combined? No, I think it's uh, Ibaka. They've won seven straight games with him and, uh, against San Antonio. That's, a, to me, a very strong stat. It's, an, it's a, not a trending stat. It's a, it's a real stat. And um, you know, San Antonio, for some reason, they, they can't seem to win when Serge is in there. 
I was there for game two, the last first win, and they just were so dominant, um, seemed so confident. And without Serge, even as great as Durant and Westbrook were, just defensively, I couldn't stop them. So now Serge gives them shot blocking, rebounding, a defensive presence, a guy that alters shots, a guy that makes the Spurs think about their shots when they're taking them. And then on the flip side, you know, he's also a third option offensively. He could give them, he was giving them uh, before he got hurt 12 points a game in the playoffs. So his addition is huge. I mean, I, I really expected the Spurs to, you know, in the beginning win this series. But now that I see the impact that Serge actually makes, you know, it's. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a rematch of two finals, uh, of the finals two years ago. Should the Thunder be concerned about the heavy minutes Durant and Westbrook are getting, or is it necessary for them to advance to the finals? Nah, they're young. <laughs> <laughs> they could do it. I think the guy I'm more worried about from a minute standpoint is Serge. Um, oddly, he seems to be getting better. But you just wonder, you know, with these games with one day off, um, can he can his body handle it? Is 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 there going to be some kind of relapse? Um, uh, last game, it didn't seem like it. I, I thought that he might struggle with one day off, and you know, we'll see how it is tonight. But for some reason, somehow, I don't know what uh, fountain of youth he's had, but he seems to be getting stronger. Now for the Spurs, besides the presence of Serge Ibaka, what is it that the Spurs are not doing in games three and four that they were doing in games one and two? They're not getting easy shots anymore. Um, and I think they're just they're offensively frustrated. Everything that they've been able to do easy the first two games is hard now. So they got to figure out a way to, to bring Serge away from the basket, um, be able to maybe attack him. One thing that Popovich said that, um, you know, he wanted to put a picture on the, um, to everybody on his bench to show him what he looked like because everybody was trying to take shots to him. But I think one thing they might try to do is, you know, go towards him by putting their body into him and try to get fouls on him. They, they got to do something different. And uh, I actually, while Popovich is, hey, he's the experienced coach, I'm not going to say I know more than him, but. <laughs> I actually think they should have be an aggressor towards Ibaka to try to get him into foul trouble. Do the Spurs get back on track tonight and win Game Five? <laughs> <laughs> Putting you on the spot there. Um, I, I would think at home they figure out some kind of adjustment and, and push it back to OKC. But like I said, that stat of them losing seven straight with Serge is, is certainly a, a, a strong stat. If, if San, I'll say this: if San Antonio doesn't win tonight, they're not going to the finals. All right, that's Yahoo Sports NBA writer Mark Spears. Mark, thanks for coming on, and enjoy the playoffs and enjoy the game tonight in San Antonio. All right, buddy. Take care now. Thanks. When we come back, we'll turn our attention to football and hear from USA Today's NFL senior editor, Izzy Gold. all across Louisiana with cash jackpots starting at $250,000. That's a whole lot of cash. And right now, it's a lot more fun. Lotto Lanyard. Buy a $5 single draw lotto ticket. Get a raffle entry to win up to $50,000. Lotto Lanyard. A lot more cash and a lot more fun. Must be at least 21 to purchase. As one Entergy customer to another, 
I have a tip for you. Download the free Entergy app. If my power goes out, I check the app. The outage maps let me know what's happening and when to expect my lights back on. It also makes it easy to pay my bill and manage my account, all right from my smartphone. Download the app today or visit EntergyApp.com for more information. Giving me control in the palm of my hand? That's the power of people. Entergy. Welcome back to the show. It's time to talk a little football and to help me out with that. Let's welcome in Izzy Gould, NFL Senior Editor for USA Today. Izzy, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for the invitation. Izzy, first I want to start with the passing of Malcolm Blazer. He bought the team in 95. They won a Super Bowl in 2002. Talk about Malcolm's impact with the Bucks in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, obviously uh, the Tampa Bay community, it's interesting. I used to live in Tampa Bay, and uh, when I was thinking about this earlier when I, when I knew I was going to come on the show, but he probably won't be remembered as the most uh, impactful in the community. Actually, that honor would go to George Steinbrenner, if you can believe it or not. Hmm. But uh, he certainly did uh, change the, the, the fortunes of that franchise, uh, as you say, from, from the look of the team to uh, getting a new stadium built there to uh, making the decision, a very tough decision, to get rid of Tony Dungy, who, is, who remains extremely, extremely popular in that community, still lives there, to my knowledge. Um, just couldn't get the Bucks over the hump uh, for that Super Bowl. And then to, to make the move to hire John Gruden, bring him in, and uh, obviously he was able to do it. Um, I mean, that it, he certainly, in the long term, will be remembered for the good things that he did for the Buccaneers. So where do the Bucks go from here? From what I've heard, read, his two sons will be the ones taking over the day-to-day operations for the team. Will that be permanent, and how will that affect, uh, I guess, the day-to-day operations of the team? I don't think it's going to have any effect whatsoever because they've essentially been running the team, uh, you know, for, for years. So... Uh, my understanding is that Malcolm wasn't very involved in any of the day-to-day and was pretty much a scarce uh, presence in that building. Um, so I, I don't really think there will be a change, you know, such as maybe what you what you'll see in Buffalo, where they're you know talking about selling the team and a potential move. Uh, Tampa Bay, obviously, they just hired Lovey Smith. Uh, they still playing a relatively new stadium. Uh, they have tremendous fan support uh, in Tampa Bay. And so, you know, I think I think that they'll just continue to do what they've been doing for the last decade. We're talking with Izzy Gold, NFL Senior Editor for USA Today. Izzy, I want to move on to OTAs that are going on right now. Cowboys linebacker Sean Lee tears his ACL during the workouts and is out for the year. Are players starting to get concerned about getting injured in OTAs in a – what do you think teams will start looking at, or will they start looking at ways they can avoid these type of injuries during these off-season workouts? Yeah, I think it's been an ongoing debate for years now, uh, just about how much players should be expected to participate during the off-season, uh, what they should be doing, what, you know, and and obviously this is an ongoing debate between the NFLPA and the NFL. Um, I, I don't know that we'll see much change. Uh, the NFLPA, I know that I actually just got off the phone with my, one of my reporters, I know is interested in that particular uh, event to see if there was uh, contact. 
and they'll be looking into that. But, uh, I mean, look, it's the NFL is a tough business. It's a very physical business. Um, I would say it's, it, it's an unfortunate incident that occurred. Um, and, yeah, players are certainly concerned because, I mean, think about Sean Lee. I mean, I, I understand that medical advances uh, make it that make it easier, not easier, that's the wrong word, but it certainly makes it uh, give the player a better chance to get back on the field quicker than in recent memory. And, in fact, we've been discussing uh, storylines along along that, like regarding ACLs, regarding uh, Achilles, things of that nature. But it doesn't look good. It looks, I mean, the guy goes out. He goes out on the first day of OTAs. He blows out his ACL, and he could have jeopardized the 2014 season. And this is a guy that started 11 games last year for the Dallas Cowboys, middle linebacker, and he's had injury issues in the past. And you just, I mean, the NFL is a tough business. So I don't know that I answered your question, but certainly players are concerned about it. I don't think it's going to have much of an impact in terms of changing the way things are done. Uh, it's just part of the business. Moving on, of course, we can't do an interview without talking about Johnny Manziel. Is it fair? Uh, for me, the comparison is him with Tim Tebow as far as everyone being infatuated with him and every move he makes, everyone's on him. Is that a fair comparison, or are they two completely different scenarios? Well, I've had that conversation with one of my reporters who covered both. Uh, Lindsey H. Jones uh, covered Tim Tebow at Florida, um, and has been covering Johnny Manziel. Uh, in fact, is going to go meet with him in Los Angeles at this NFLPA premiere. Um, and, and, and we've had that discussion. And I, I think it's a fair uh, comparison in terms of the phenomenon around Johnny, the excitement. I mean, this is a guy who's picked number 22 in the draft. He's not only overshadowed uh, Justin Gilbert, who the Browns picked ahead of him, but he's also overshadowed Jadavian Clowney, who was the number one pick in the draft. Right. Um, he's just, I mean, we, the audience can't get enough of him. Um, he has that it factor in terms of personality, in terms of, uh, you know, just that entertainment factor. The question is, will that translate into victories, and, and can he win the starting job in Cleveland? Right. And think about it, he could be just a, a backup quarterback in Cleveland. But as far as the Browns are concerned, should they should they be concerned about all these distractions? How how will the Browns handle it, do you think, as far as the whole season, if this media circus is going to be there all season long? Well, you know, obviously the, one of the things that impacted us was the fact that they shut out the national media during the rookie camp. Um, but yesterday Mike Pettin spoke. Uh, with us, spoke with other reporters, and basically said he's not going to micromanage his uh, Johnny Manziel's personal life. That he's a grown man. That he has, you know, he's going to have to do what he has to do. And in fact, Mike Pettin uh, basically said when Johnny told him he was going to go to Las Vegas for last weekend, he said, "Have a good time." So uh, I think at first it was probably a little bit of a shock to uh, the Cleveland system, but I think. Now that some time has transpired and they see what Johnny's been doing in terms of the off-season program and the commitment that he has when he's in the facility, uh, that he's a hard worker. But like Johnny said yesterday, he's going to live life to the fullest. All right. 
Interesting. Good stuff there. That's Izzy Gold, NFL Senior Editor for USA Today. Izzy, uh, are you on Twitter? And if so, what's your uh, Twitter uh, what's your Twitter Twitter handle? Excuse me for those uh, people that want to follow you. Yeah, it's just at Izzy Gould, I-Z-Z-Y-G-O-U-L-D. Awesome. Izzy Gould, NFL Senior Editor for USA Today. Izzy, thanks for your time. All right, thanks a lot. When we come back, I'll wrap things up on the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Your Pelicans, led by all-star Anthony Davis, are on their way to becoming playoff contenders, and you'll want to be there to witness it. Newly released seat locations will be available for the public to check out for the first time at our Select-A-Seat event on Saturday, June 14th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center. Ticket packages start as low as $150. Visit pelicans.com or call 504-525-HOPE for more info and take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Does your boss know you're listening? If not, turn it up louder. This is the Black and Blue Report. So we covered some basketball and football today. Thanks to Mark Spears and Izzy Gold for joining the program. Don't forget to log on to NewOrleansSaints.com to hear from Coach Payton and some of the other players after today's OTAs. And also check out the writing from John DeShazer, senior writer for NewOrleansSaints.com. We'll have a full recap on tomorrow's show. If you have someone you want us to have on the show, you can tweet us at BlackBlueReport, or you can tweet me at DSallerson, or email us at radio at pelicans.com. You can also listen to the show on both the Saints and Pelicans mobile apps. You can also download the show on iTunes. You can hit the subscribe button, and every day when the show is uploaded, it will download onto your phone or tablet automatically. And of course, you can also listen on NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Well, that'll do it for today's show. Again, a full recap of the Saints OTAs on tomorrow's program. And uh, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.